Hi, this is Tracy Harrell. I am so excited to be back for part two of this amazing conversation with our Ignite Happiness authors. Ladies, how excited are you? <laughs> how excited are you that we are actually about to formally and officially launch our Ignite Happiness book on August 28th. That's this Friday. How exciting. <laughs> this has been such an amazing journey. So I'm going to have you. My name is Tracy Harrell. I am um, an author. I'm a consultant. I, um, I started a Bigger Than Me ministry. I, I've, I've started a, a, a worldwide, nationwide initiative called the Bigger Than Me Success Series, Achieving Racial Equity and Inclusion in Business, Education, Wealth, and Health. I'm a happiness coach. This is, this is kind of where I am. I'm a gardener extraordinaire. <laughs> just saying, look at these beautiful flowers. So it's not a virtual background. I just have to touch them to make sure people are clear. So this is what brings me joy. And I'm surrounded by women and men, individuals that are from around the world who are writing in this Ignite Happiness book. And we were just talking about struggles. We were talking about, you know, we're, we, 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 we've chosen happiness. It's not that we, get, we haven't had some traumatic things happen in our lives. Some people have talked about, you know, being, you know, at the brink of committing suicide, but we, we're now happiness coaches. We're now writing in a book called Ignite Happiness because happiness really is a choice, right? Happiness is a choice. And so I'm gonna actually start with Simona. Mm -hmm. I, uh, first, actually, I'm going to have everyone do a real quick introduction of who you are. We'll just go around real quick. And then, Simone, I'm going to have you uh, be the last one to introduce yourself. And then you'll tell us a little bit more about your story. I know it's late where you are. So everybody, introduce yourself again. Tell us where you are located and the, the title of your story. And then the question is, you know, how do you choose happiness every day? What do you do to choose happiness? And why is that so important? Choosing happiness, making choices. I'll start with you, Miss Sarah. Okay. Hi, Tracy. Oh. Sarah? Yes. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much. So my name is Sarah. I am currently in New Zealand. I'm originally from the UK. My chapter in the book is called Our Crazy Boat Trip. And like you said, Tracy, it's all about choice, happiness. This is something that's been a journey for me that I've really realized that we control our emotions, we control our reactions. And we have that choice every day to smile and say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that comment. I choose my happiness. I love that. I, I love that. Uh, Tignette. So uh, I am Tiniat. I am from Buffalo, New York. I was born in Pakistan. Uh, the title of my uh, of my chapter is "The Light in the Tunnel," and um, as Sarah said, that I choose to be happy. Um, that is very important for me, and not listen to the noises, and just listen to my heart, and keep on keep up with my day. Mm, I love it. I love it, Miss Kristen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kristen Kurth-Kelzer, and I am in the Bay Area, the East Bay of San Francisco. Um, so happy to be here, for one. And what that makes me think of, or I, I'm really big on little sayings and giving people quotes and things like that. And two things that came up for me for that are, one, attitude is everything. And that is a choice. Like you said, Sarah, we don't have control over much of our own lives, but the one thing we do have control over is how we react to them. And another thing, I remember giving this to my daughter on a little reclaimed wood sign when she went off to college freshman year and it said, 
not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. And that knowingness that everything's going to be okay is really my new definition of happiness. So, oh my goodness, I love that, ladies. I mean, I've heard a little sprinkle of that from each of you, right? I mean, there's something about claiming happiness. In my, in my story, I talk about, you know, I mean, happiness is there for the taking. It's there for the awakening. And I think the awakening is really that understanding that it really is a choice. It's it's there for you. I say it's like the air that we breathe. It's just, just, just take it in. I love that it's going to be okay, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic and it's going to be okay. Wow, do I love that. That was beautiful. Miss Janice, uh, introduction real quick and where you're at, name of your story, and then um, tell us about making choices. All right, my name's Janice Mulligan and I'm in uh, uh, Carlsbad, California. So that's in San Diego area, sunny California. And uh, the name of my story is Unexpected Outcomes. And uh, you know, uh, for me, um, I guess when we're talking about ha happiness and, and uh, you know, uh, there's been a few situations in this story, particularly where I just thought my life was over. Like I just knew everything was gonna be terrible and awful from here on out. And, uh, and I was so wrong, thankfully. And, uh, and there's, you know, so that's, that's what, you know, you talk about happiness and, and uh, I've been able to embrace situations in life where it's, you know, the worst, you think it's just the worst possible thing, but, you know, out of that comes the most beautiful experience. And, um, and so it's about embracing that and not uh, being afraid and, and walking away from it. I love that. That is so beautiful. Miss Simona, we're, you know, we're talking about choices right we get to ignite happiness happiness is a choice right yes. actions that we can take it's a muscle that we can exercise and your story has the word choices in it can you tell us a little bit introduce yourself again tell us where you are and and then tell us a little bit about why is it important to make choices choosing happiness yes thank you so my name is simona sabatini i'm italian but i live in kenya and the title of my story is Happiness is a Choice. So it's really the title, as all my colleagues were saying. And I deeply believe that. And to me, uh, the choice is, for example, cultivating all the positive emotions. Uh, I think that uh, we have so many nice things in life. And I try to think to these things as our harvesting moment. You know, as when there is the harvest, you take home everything. So in the nice moment of life, take everything and store in your soul and in your mind. So that in difficult moments, you can also recall something good that you already had. Because we have already so many things to be grateful for. Sometimes we forget. So mine is to cultivate the positive emotions, uh, to maintain healthy relationship. I mean... With people can inspire me or people can understand me, people we can stay. And then also to choose every day to be happy. I tell you just as, uh, something I heard from a person many years ago. A lady, she was celebrating 50 years of wedding and she was a very famous person. So she was in the radio, no, in the TV. And they asked her, so yeah, has your husband been able to make you happy? within many questions, obviously. 
And this lady reacted, they said, no. I knew it was a shock for everybody. They are celebrating <laughs> 50 years together. Everybody knows them as a nice couple. How is it possible? I said, no, he didn't make me happy. I decided to be happy in my life. Then he is the best man I could marry. I'm happy to be with him, but it's not him to make me happy has been my choice. And you know, when I heard this story, it says uh, somebody lighted up. I mean, somebody will make light. Yes, it's true. Because sometimes we say, I'm not happy because, because of the job, because of the partner, because of any situation. We put happiness, something that comes to us from outside. And it is just to realize that happiness is something that comes from inside. And then many years later, this, I studied positive psychology saying happiness is a causal, is not a result. Mm. So choose to be happy means to cultivate everything is good in your life and to be grateful for that. That is uh, my Simona, Simona, <laughs> that's priceless. That's priceless. I, I see every head nodding when you said that. Absolutely. So ladies, let's just, this is, you know, I think Steve Harvey likes to say, let's put our kickstand down for a second there. Let's just pause. Did you hear what she said? Let's just all kind of see, see if there's anything you want to add to this concept of others cannot make you happy. This woman, I love that story, Simona. Mm -hmm. She's in a marriage for 50 years. She, yes. you know, she, she seemed to be a, seemed to be a happy, oh, your husband makes you happy. And even she identifies that. Tell me, ladies, because right now we got kids that are driving people crazy. Relationships that are going batty because people are together, you know, uh, and maybe not used to such close proximity, for example. Mm -hmm. People have lost their jobs. Millions of people have lost their jobs. You know, people are underemployed or unemployed or they're, they're, they're afraid of being sick and things are not going back to normal. So there's a lot of reasons, a lot of external pressures, reasons not to be happy. But what Simona just said, I think, is a classic truth. Happiness is come, comes from within, regardless of being in the middle of a pandemic. Does anyone want to share their thoughts about that? Christian, you nodded probably more vigorously than anyone else. So this concept of, you know, it doesn't matter what someone else does. So, I mean, what advice would you give to someone who is um, either, you know, being agitated or aggravated? I used the term for Sarah last time. If someone's on your last nerve. <laughs> that's what we say in the South, on your very last nerve. How, how, what advice would you share you know, about this, this how they can still be happy? This advice was given when, when you talk about, you know, people or places and things that irritate you or get in your way. In fact, my, one of my sister-in-laws said um, once to me, you know, the more I get to know people, the more I love my golden retriever. <laughs> there are times when I feel that way, that people, animals are just so unconditionally loving. And I have a new puppy and she's just a dream and she makes us all and our family so happy. But I kind of look at it this way, the rank order of how, what my job is to be happy. And this is my own experience. So it depends on what kind of faith or if you, you know, spirituality that you come from, but my number one relationship is my relationship with God or my how, higher power as Janice calls it, or the universe or whatever it is that kind of puts you in that spiritual place. If I get that right every single day, I'm, usually 
just fine. Second one is my relationship with myself. And that's one that I never really knew how to, you know, how to fix or how to even have a relationship with myself. So to the extent that I can learn and get, have the strength of a relationship with myself, if I get those two right, then my relationships with the rest of the world usually are quite happy. They're easy. They're not work. They're not fight. You know, it's just um, comes a little bit easier because I've, I've I've got my priorities in order. That's just mm-hmm. been my experience. I love I, I love that. I 100% agree. Sarah or Tanette, would you like to comment on this idea of Sarah? Actually, you said something to me the other day uh, when we were we were talking, and you talked about this idea of you know with your mate you talked about some great you guys tell some great stories about your kids as well um but you also talked about your mate and you know whether it's with the children or with your mate this idea of no matter what's happening around you how you get to decide what success looks like for you what happiness you get to maintain that for yourself and you can't allow others to change your state of being how do you do that not just the what the what you do but how yes um i think it's for me was quite a huge thing when when i realized that no matter what someone else says it's up to me to choose how to react to that you know i can choose to say to take all that energy and emotion in and then let it start to really upset me or i can say you know what that person has just said that because they're just having a bad day and I need actually to support them. Um, I know maybe with my with my daughters and things, you know, what I've learned to realize is that sometimes you're like, they're driving me crazy. Why are they doing this to me? Is what I used to say. They weren't doing it to me. They were just kids. They just wanted to have fun. They just needed to express themselves. And I just need to be there to help them in that journey, you know? So when my daughter's doing a tantrum for the 10th time in the day, and I'm just like, you know deep breathing and I asked her you know that was the thing how can I help you and she was like mom I just need a hug you know she wasn't trying to do anything to upset me she wasn't trying to make me feel angry she was just being a kid and she just needed me to give her a hug you know and and this whole journey of realizing that has has been truly transformational I mean that that's such a great such a great story Simone I know you said you have to leave do you want to make any final words before you do or did she drop already? Any any final words, Simona? Uh, what time yes. is it there for Just you? I know it's I late. Wish, yeah, I wish happiness and to everybody. I wish to we all enjoy and you enjoy the launch of the book. And I wish everybody is listening to us. A life full of energy and happiness and joy. And I'm sure that all of us together, we can also spread some seeds of happiness and joy around us. And that is good because each one of us is a multiplier. And I want really to say thank you to all of you. It's very nice being with you all. I love what Sarah was saying and what Tracy and what Christine and Janice, everybody of you, because each one of you is giving some seeds to me. So as I'm receiving from you, I wish also the people that is listening is receiving something from each one of us. So wish all of you and everybody a lot of love happiness, and peace of mind. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll see you next week after the official book launch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be together again. Yes, yes. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. So exciting. Uh, it is amazing to have women, individuals from around the world just joining us 
chatting, <laughs> chatting it up. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. <sighs> oh my goodness. So, um, Tanya, any thoughts about you know other? You talked about corporate America, changing mm-hmm. corporate America. Let's let's go there just for a second. What what thoughts and what advice would you share with individuals who might be having a less than optimal experience? I think um, when even if uh, if it's a corporate issue or a personal issue, I think uh, what we we have these issues because we stop believing in ourselves. We don't um, have a good relationship with ourselves, and um, we start questioning our abilities. And that's why we have a problem. So I'll give you a small example. I was working uh, last um, until last week, uh, uh, last year I was working and I was working in a call center. Call center can be very stressful. So I was talking to my manager and I was like, you know, this place has such a happy environment. There is no negativity and you know, all those kind of things. And he's looking at me at me and he's like are you sure and I was like yeah look you know people are helping each other and they're so kind to each other and the environment is so positive and he's like you know it's because you are looking at it you start talking to someone who is in your like in your next carol and like they'll tell you how bad this place is <laughs> that no one wants to be in this place of employment so I think when you're happy from within, you start believing in yourself. That's when you uh, start building all those kind of relationships. For me, the two most important relationships is my relationship with myself and my relationship with the higher power. I believe in that every morning I, I listen uh, to something that makes me feel that there is someone looking up to me. So, you know, I think that that has really helped me, whether it's personal or whether it's corporate, believe in myself. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Janice, any, any final thoughts? Uh, anything you want to share on this concept? Of- I think, um, honestly, like I've heard it, I mean, um, the most important relationship I have is with God or my higher power or a spirit of the universe, like um, surrendering myself to this divine, um, this divine power that moves through us. And, uh, you know, if I do that, um, then then when life seems to be coming at me, you know, whether it's through my kids or my husband or, you know, a bad phone call or someone cuts me off, I'm less rattled as long as I stay spiritually fit. Now I can get unspiritually fit throughout the day because I can get too hungry, too angry, too lonely, too tired. I can have high expectations and all of a sudden, like, then everything starts to stir inside of me. So you know, a, um, a good uh, advisor of mine keeps reminding me lately in life, like keep my, my expectations low and my acceptance high. And if I just keep my expectations low and my acceptance high, that I'm going to be okay, you know, and I'm still 48, almost 49. I'm just now trying to figure me out. I've never done that, you know, which brought me to this book of Ignite Happiness and to writing another book and and doing this work and like experiencing like, you know, it's not too late. You know what, you know what I love about this? We really haven't sat down and had this level of conversation, right? I mean, this, I sent you guys a list of questions last night or this morning. (laughs) So it's not 
not like we planned this, right? We didn't, we, we're just people who happen to be, you know, that there's these golden threads. Like when we speak, there's these things that we say that are golden threads, which is why I like bringing us together and letting them organically surface in our life stories. Because when I think about the honor and the pleasure and the joy that I have and being able to literally publish five books in the next six months, it's insanity. Ignite happiness. There is a new book called Ignite Your Inner Spirit. And I definitely am excited about that because I would say that that's core to everything that I do. And it's funny because when I first left corporate America, I was writing so much and I was writing in a very academic way, right? I, I, I kind of held back telling my personal story. I held back talking about the divine, even though I had started a show at that point, it was just radio. It wasn't radio on YouTube at the time. And um, I just held back speaking about divine energy because I had all this research, all this scientific proof. And so fortunately, I get to bring both of those together in, in the books and being able to, um, be, you know, being able to truly share what Ignite Happiness means, how we get there. And for me, there is some divinity there. There is some divine, you know, clarity, divine nature that actually allows us to Ignite happiness, to, to ignite possibilities is book number three. So ignite happiness, ignite your inner spirit, ignite possibilities, right? With the, the, the fourth book being my solo project called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. And, and in that book, I actually, the subtitle is The Art and Science of Being Aware and Getting There. And each of you have talked about this idea of being aware, pausing, slowing down the stillness. Mm. It's, it's super exciting. Super, super duper exciting. Um, the fifth book, again, even though it's in corporate America, it's called, again, the, the Bigger Than Me Success Series, Achieving Racial Equity and Inclusion in Business, Education, Wealth, and Health. Part of that is also asking people to, to, to think about their beliefs. You can't really achieve racial equity and inclusion. It's not about the actions that you take. It's about what you believe. To change a system, systems are designed to maintain the status quo, right? So if you're, honestly, full disclosure, if you're used to not being happy, you have to like interrupt whatever patterns you're used to following, whatever behaviors and actions you're used to taking, which is why listening to these ladies talking about specific actions that you can take is so important. So ladies, one of the things I heard you say, I think each of you said it a little bit, um, I definitely heard Simona say that she was getting off, but this idea of detaching from the outcome, right? There's something divine about that too believing that good things are that, that it's all going to work out there's something divine about that too whether you are a believer in anything divine or not right there's this concept of the book called the law of attraction the secret right there's metaphysical elements that talk about what you put out you get back so ladies let's talk about this idea of um detaching from the outcome but also being very intentional about the energy that you put out. So the concept of the secret and being intentional, the law of attraction, but detaching from the outcome, that, I, that was one of my favorite elements from Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. So I hear you nodding and there's a serious nod coming from Kristen. So you're gonna get, Claudia, I see you joining, but, but without your visual, I can't actually bring you on. So whenever you pop your camera on, we'll do an introduction with you. Um, so Ms. Kristen, go ahead. She said 345, perfect. So uh, Ms. Kristen, why don't you tell us which of those topics, how do they come together for you? How does this concept of attracting what you put out connect with detaching from the outcome? Yeah, I think um, for me, 
just learning and realizing truly and believing that I'm not in charge. It's so much easier to live that way. I used to kind of, you know, use the analogy that I was always the one driving the bus and I was always the one who was going to, you know, figure out how we're going to get there, how we're going to do it, what we're going to do, how, what it's, oh, and I always had, you know, and how it's going to end. I don't do that anymore. I am so happy being a passenger on that bus and letting somebody else drive. And that's what faith is in my world is really, really understanding and feeling and this knowingness that I will be cared for. And I am over and over and over. And that these things happen for a reason. And the more you open yourself to that, the more you open yourself to opportunities like Ignite Happiness or writing your book for the first time or starting a business or healing from, you know, from trauma, whatever it might be. It's, I believe that if you put yourself in a position to attract all that goodness and realize that you're not the one in control and you're not worried about what happens because you know, somebody else is in charge it all works together. It's beautiful. Uh, I love that. I, I, I love that more than you know. And I heard you say something that really connected with me. You said it, keep, it keeps happening. When you believe that things are going to work out, they work out, right? My honey likes to say in this garden, for example, he likes to tell me that I don't see the weeds. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I really don't. He's like, what kind of gardener are you? You don't see the weeds. I'm like, I I'm a flower bud, a flower loving gardener. Sorry, right? Um, I don't see the weeds, right? I choose not to see them, right? Sometimes you got to see the weeds. I was weeding this today. I was weeding earlier today. So sometimes you have to see them, but on, on a daily basis, you do get to decide. So Miss Sarah, I know you and I talked about, you know, some of the amazing people that you've you talked about your happiness journey being a journey, basically, and some of the training that you've done. And we've talked about Wayne Dyer and others, you know, sh sh share with us some of the, the, you know, some of your favorite uh, other, I'll call them the, the knowledge brokers, uh, Wayne Dyer, Tony Robbins, right? Deepak Chopra, these people who, who've shared wisdom for years about how to ignite happiness and, and, and to ignite possibilities, really. Um, I yes, I would... <laughs> I, I would say probably one of my favorite has to be Tony Robbins. And I was listening to him just the other day and he has this amazing wisdom of a very clear set if you're happy or if you're not. And he associates happiness. He said, if you're unhappy, it's because in that area of your life, your blueprint, your idea of what life should be like doesn't match reality. And so, and, and you start thinking about it and he's like, there'll be some area, maybe it's like your relationship, your relationship with your kids that is totally, you're happy with it. You feel like that's exactly where it is. And it's because you have this picture in your head of how it should look, of what it should be like. And where that disconnection is, is the unhappiness is because you have this idea that doesn't match up to how you feel things are. And I, I can so relate to that. And, and I think there's so much wisdom. And once you realize that, like in Tony's um, voice, you either have to change that blueprint, you either have to say, okay, so if that's not where I am, where am I? Do I want this picture? Is this a real picture? And where did I get this idea of what life should really look like from? Um, 
uh, and just realizing that that maybe it's our own expectations of where our life should be that is the result of how we react and how much happiness we feel I, I so love that. I love that 100%. And I've heard each of you talk about it, even on past shows when we had Ignite Authors on, this concept of, even with your kids, like with graduation, well, I didn't, I think it was uh, Stacy last time mentioned uh, someone was graduating and they're like, oh, I didn't get to go to, you know, I didn't get to go to prom. She's like, prom sucked. You know, I'm just talking about she basically said, you know, is it just because you, you have plans for these things and things didn't work out, but what do you have now? Like, how, how can you embrace, again, Deepak, Deepak talks about detaching from the outcome. Tinyet, have you, um, Tinyet, have you ever um, made a connection between this idea of detaching from the outcome, like Sarah said, changing your expectations versus this idea of, again, still being intentional and wanting things to be a certain way? So I'll give you a very, very small example. Um, winters in Buffalo are very harsh. We get a lot of snow. So, and where I used to work, it was a huge complex with a lot of cars. So the day, like I read Secret in those days. So I was like, oh, let me try if it actually works. So I had this real um, thing in my mind that when I'll go there, I'll get a, a parking spot near the, near the door. And trust me, for one week, I was real with those thoughts and I could find right next, right next to the door, I could find, find a parking spot in a crazy, crazy Buffalo winter. But the day I would doubt myself that mm, maybe today I'll get it or not, I would not receive it. So I feel like you have to ask, you have to believe, and then you find it. Like, it's not that difficult. I think... Um, those outcomes are actually that faith is necessary, but so is your actions too. So you have to tie the camel and then pray, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Janice, what are your thoughts about this concept of detaching from the outcome, but also being intentional? Um, you know, what comes to my mind is, uh, um, so... A, a profound book that kind of altered uh, my my life was A Return to Love with Marianne Williamson. And uh, oh. in her book, she talks about surrendering and, and uh, that which is surrendered is taken care of best, right? And uh, when we surrender, we give up the attachment to the results. And, you know, a prime example uh, this last week, it's, um, you know, I, I, I was in Arizona on Friday. I flew there with my 17-year-old daughter and delivered her to Arizona State University and, and uh, left her to start college there. And then I drove home on Sunday and I got on an airplane Monday with my 22-year-old daughter and I took her to Washington State University and, and, uh, and I delivered her to college. And then, um, and while I was there, there was like, there's, there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of fear right? And it was like this visual that I'm, you know, I'm just surrendering them to God. And, and it's like, I've done the best I can. Is that make it easy? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. It's very difficult, you know. Um, but that's, it's a journey. It's a process of continuing. And I'm reminded over and over again, that 
that uh, they have a higher power. You need to let them go and give up attachments to the results. Like, you know, and so it's just a continual process. I don't think we ever master it. I think it's just a practice. It's progress. It's not perfection. And I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other and, and progress little by little. I love that. I love that. So ladies, it's a practice, the practice of happiness. So we said that we were going to focus today on choices, this idea of happiness being a choice. And we've talked about that, right? We get to choose. Each of you have given great examples of how you've had really difficult things happen and you've, you've chosen joy. You've, you've been able to find happiness to it and through it. So when you think about this idea of a practice, the practice of happiness, I actually talk about that, I think a little bit in my book, meaning that the more, once you learn, again, in my story, I talk about this idea of tapping into your core values, remembering who they are, being true to yourself and finding peace and joy and happiness in that regardless of what's happening. And it, there really is a practice, right? The more you do it, the more it becomes, you get to, you get to rely on it. You get to have faith in it. You get to just know that it's there. So tell me about the practice of happiness. So now we're going to talk directly to individuals who haven't been practicing happiness. They've been talking about what they see on the news. They watch all the drama and the trauma. They're stressed out about it all. I don't need to list it all again. All the horrible things that are happening in in America today and around the world, actually. So again, let's talk tangible. This show is about bridging the gap between knowing a thing and doing a thing. We all wish we were happy. So ladies, let's summarize. I know we have Claudia who's going to join us in about nine minutes or so. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can squeeze out the last little bit of, uh, of happiness um, potion from each of you. Uh, specifically, what would you share with someone around this practice of happiness? The practice of happiness. Again, back to, there's just two pieces I'm going to talk about. Maintaining status quo. And each of you said that you speak to someone, you connect, you meditate, right? And you make sure you're, you're being true to yourself. So if there's a status quo practice of happiness, that's one thing I want you to share. But then I also want you to share when someone now has brought some stinky something to you and you're like, okay, I'm choosing not, I'm choosing not to go there. So let's talk about for each of you first, how do you maintain happiness? This is summarize practical steps that you could share with others who are having a bad situation. How do you maintain happiness? And then how do you transform any situation into the ability to ignite happiness? Who wants to go first? I won't even call on you. Um, wow. I'll just go. Oh, okay. oh, go ahead, Sarah. You go. Ahead, the, first thing that, the first thing that I was thinking, actually, when you said about positivity and negativity was the energy that we're surrounded by. You said people watching the news. And that's one of the things I've stopped doing. I've, I've taken myself away from watching things that at the end of it, I think, oh, that's that's awful. That's so sad. You know, like so I've cut out the news, the negativity. So instead, I listen to podcasts from people like Tony Robbins, people that at the end of the five, 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be long, leave me feeling empowered and positive and wanting to make a difference in other people's lives and inspired. And it just lifts up your state. You feel happier. So then when something else comes along, you're able to like bounce off it and go, you know what? He's in a bad mood. She's in, it doesn't matter. I'm good. And so once you work on yourself, it really does spread out from you, you know? Um, but 
what you surround yourself, the people and the things you listen to are so important. I love that. And I love that we talked before about the practice of happiness, meaning you're not going to get it right every time, right? So we've written in the Ignite Happiness book. It does not mean people do not still get on our nerves, right? It does not mean that at all. What I heard Stacy say is that we may, we, may, we may land there a little longer. I mean, less time. We may spend less time in a state of what just happened there, right? Or you may have your force filled up. So it really doesn't penetrate. Right, that force field really talked to you. you. You mentioned some words, Kristen. You mentioned stillness, which was probably the newest and hardest thing that that I got to embrace. You know, as a part of when I started this ministry, right? When I when I um, left corporate America and started in this space of entrepreneurship, right? It was about connecting and being my best self. As I now am focused on helping others to be their best. So let's talk about this concept of stillness. You mentioned silence. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I did, you know, in um, in the spirit of self-care during this COVID time, you know, it. I honestly have, I'm a big believer in silver linings. So I'm always looking for the silver lining. And my silver lining during this whole pandemic has been the idea that I've had my entire family, my adult children who are 26, twins who are 22 and their little brother who is a son, you know, we adopted Isaac and he's in my story and he's actually, I think I said seven, but he just turned eight. I had them all under one roof for months. And even a daughter who lives in Chicago came and left and came. I mean, I treasure that. That was my silver lining because we got to have dinners together so many more times than we ever did when they were all so busy in high school and college. And so I look at that as one piece of complete and utter gratitude for that. But I also, in taking care of myself, I also took myself out of the whole scene. It's kind of crazy living on top of each other. And, you know, we're living in a rental home right now and it's, it's a little chaotic. And if I needed to get something done, one thing was to write the manuscript for this book, my story. I left for three nights, got a sweet little Airbnb and one in Pacific Grove, which is near us on the ocean and another a month or two later in um, Half Moon Bay and just tucked myself away for three days and I meditated and I prayed and I wrote. And on another one, I attended a three-day speakers workshop that was something I could never have done at home with any amount of solitude. And I'm not a big focus or I'm a, you know, you can kind of tell I'm everywhere and I multitask. We all do. We all do. And it's, you know, if you have kids or animals, it's, you know, that's, it's a hard way to get to the happy place unless you take yourself out of chaos. And that's what stillness and being alone, um, that was such a gift during this pandemic for me. And I wish that for everyone to do, even if it's taking a drive and, you know, going away by yourself. And I sit sometimes up on a mountain that I can get to by car and, just breathe and be. That's that's actually exactly what I do in this garden. I mean, I just, 
I love it. I mean, whether I'm sitting here, I typically, full disclosure, I typically don't sit with my back to the garden. I mean, I have a glass table here and I sit the other way and I look back. It's a great backdrop. So I, I, I mean, I, you know, move things around. So it looks cute when I'm on camera, but I look at it. All, I mean, in every room of my house, basically they're kind of, you know, I have it set up so I can look out of my bedroom and I have flowers there. I look out of the kitchen. It's right there right my 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 second office right that's kind of sit sometimes in the dining room so it's like it's all here so i get to basically to your point spend quality time whether i'm physically in the garden or just looking at you know flowers or, or nature it's a beautiful thing and i do think for me I, I'm, I'm a different person than i was in corporate america i, I did i mean i remember feeling to, to your point to me it was about you know trying to prove something or get what you deserved and it's like at the end of the day god help us right? god, you know that, that's a whole nother book so i won't even go there but i can't <laughs> i can't tell you that i have part of my story to get i won't 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 well, tell the story at this moment, but part of my story was around, you know, how that journey helped me to be my happiest, truly <laughs> my happiest. Miss um, Janice, this concept of, and it looks like uh, Claudia, I don't see her here. She, Claudia, again, if you turn your camera on, we'll bring you in. Miss Janice, this yes. concept of the practice of happiness, it is a practice. What it advice? Is. Would you share again as it relates to um, getting better at it? And what do you do when you don't do it well? So what happens well, if you? I think that you have a slip. I want you to go kind of go into the slip. You know, what do you do? How do you pick up well from a slip? From a slip, um, I you know I I don't know I I guess. Um, we're, we're not perfect. And, and you talk about the happiness, um, you know, misery loves company. And, uh, and, and it's like, um, you know, I do not, um, I, I practice, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm, I like to be up. I like, I'm a, I'm not an isolator, really. I'm an A personality, but, um, you know, so I, for me, for Janice Mulligan, like, I can't afford to slip because um, there's a lot uh, that that um, that could happen. Uh, you know, there's like an acronym for slip and it slowly loses its priority. And so uh, being happy, being focused on the positive, staying in gratitude, smiling when I don't want to smile, all of that is, is you know, um, are those are the tools. And it's like, I don't have, you know, for me, it's, I don't have an option. You know, um, you were talking about uh, it's garbage in, garbage out. You know, I think that uh, my kids were sent home on March 13th and the whole pandemic and everything. And, and I'm pretty sure before the end of March, I had the cable turned off. Like I disconnected any sort of news because it just wasn't good. It was like, it was like this vortex just sucking the life out of us. And, uh, and my kids didn't feel safe. And so, um, you know, I just, I choose not to. And, and uh, I, I have a very amazing spot. I call it my soul shed. Um, ironically enough, like I didn't know it would be so amazing because, um, because I created it in February and I had no idea 
that in a few weeks, uh, all my kids would be sent home and I would not have a place to just go sit and be by myself. And as it turns out, that's my spot. And, uh, uh, you know, once again, it's my higher power taking care of me. He knew exactly what I needed. And, um, and I think that's important. I, I've always, you know, uh, it's very important that I have my place where I can go, I can surrender, I can feel safe, I can pick up the yes. tools, you know, and I can always recharge, recharge. And uh, I love that. like your garden. I love that. And it's funny, you mentioned the soul shed. I actually, we moved into a much smaller place in February as well. So, um, and so, and we had, I used to have a two car garage, I have a one car garage now that can barely fit one car. And we had, you know, I had stuff all organized on shelves and bins, et cetera, and it couldn't fit in this house. So in my garden, like part of my yard, there's like these green tarps. I have like 60 bins <laughs> that I need to go through, <laughs> just saying. And then I built this other space where we put shelves out and I put some little cover over top of it. And when I first was trying to build this outdoor storage thing, just simply as I could with tarps and bins, you know, um, I built this space. It's so gorgeous. It's so wonderful. I turned it into a cabana. Like, it's so awesome. So then I had to build another one because I'm like, this is too cool. <laughs> like, this is too perfect. So I have now a cabana and an outdoor storage unit and some bins and it's all here and it's, you can't really I mean you can't see it from my garden because who wants to see that so I have these green tarps that are up you know and some fake plants that are like over there against the trees so it looks great and I get to it when I get to it but at this point I get to enjoy the garden and so I love that you said we kind of got to we have to choose we get to make the best of whatever the situation is things may not be perfect you, you mentioned uh, expectations um I love the fact that we're, we're okay not being perfect, right? It's not about perfection. It's about progress. And each of us are saying ignite happiness through your personal, your personal journeys. And, and somebody mentioned miracles, you know, at least I know that's one of the th reasons I did this show is because so many things were happening and, and I was getting clarity bigger than me and like all these things. I mean, it, what I needed to do, this is like perfect uh, divine mission for me. But these miracles were happening every day. I could, I mean, things that was just like, really? <laughs> just, you know, confirmation after confirmation. I was like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people have to be able to really see. You know, and I admit that I really didn't write as much or, or talk as much about myself. The show was called Bigger Than Me, and I really wasn't, hadn't, hadn't done all my own personal work yet uh, to be able to talk about, tell my story. But there's such power in that. So we're going to end with this concept of why is it so important to tell our stories? Why is it so important? And I heard you say, Janice, that um, you said misery loves company, but so does happiness. Happiness is contagious. So two com two questions, however you want to want to answer them with our last nine minutes left, right? So happiness is contagious too. And why is it important to tell your story and to be happy? Talk about happiness being contagious and telling your story. Anyone? Um, because in telling your story, you share hope. You know, and uh, and if I can, if I can just pack a little hope, like I can, for me personally, I can put out there in the universe that you can be um, a, a, a mom sitting at home, drinking your life away and uh, and live in the nice house and have the nice cars and uh, and that um, that there's a different way to live. Uh, then I can share my deep, dark past and and it could become someone else's asset you know i mean that becomes my asset and that becomes you know their hope and um 
you know, by sharing that with others, like uh, I give someone else an opportunity to think that maybe they too can, can, uh, can find some happiness, you know, and um, we have to tell our story. Like it's my job to tell my story. I was saved uh, my life. Um, most people don't live uh, doing the things I did. It is my responsibility to God to be sitting on the call. Like I don't have a choice to not open my mouth. That that's exactly how I felt. Like literally, I feel like everything that I have experienced was divine order. It was divine purpose. He gave it to me because he knew I was strong enough to handle it. He gave it to me because of all the other amazing experiences I've had in my life. If I hadn't had the experiences that I had in corporate America, especially especially the most recent one, there's no way I could be such a champion right now for change. Right, I, I, I see it from all sides, right? I have solutions and I'm passionate about emphasizing how important it is, how critical it is that we really do focus on some of these things. Happiness is one of them. Achieving racial equity and inclusion is another one in corporate America, right? So that's another thing that I'm passionate about. Um, and it's because of my experiences. Ms. Ms. Sarah, what are your thoughts about this, these topics? Thank you what is in part of my story um, and what woke me up is to life is this amazing gift it is so precious and it can be so amazing so fun so enjoyable so exciting it's an adventure if we let it become one you know and so it, it ties in with this choice is that we can sit around moaning about all the negative things in our life while we actually still have a roof over our head and we still have a bed to sleep in and we still have children that adore us and so or we can focus on the positive that we have in our life you know and see the moment seize those small moments of joy laugh as much as we can and bring that happiness into our lives I love it. If we just said happiness is contagious, just like she said, misery loves company, so does happiness. If happiness is contagious, tell us about why it was important for you to tell your story, Tiniette. So for me, um, I talked about a few uh, so-called taboo topics like suicide and sexual abuse and not marrying at their age, body shaming. So I felt like if I am not going to tell my story, um, it will be hidden. Like I, I got out of it. I was able to find my happiness, even though um, I had a, I had some struggles growing up. And it was not because um, my, it was because of my family. It was because of the culture and the society I was born in. So I felt like if I found my happiness, as Janice said, that it is my duty uh, from God to 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 share it with other people because as I, um, because it can be that light in the tunnel, you know, we never know who's going through what. Um, I will share a very small thing after um, when we started um, giving our ARC, one of my friend who, uh, who just found out at the age of 52, he found out that he's asexual. Like he, he now tells himself that like he figured it out. Now he said, I read your story. And I was like, finally, I read something and I found my own self. So, you know, that only that one sentence from him, I was like, okay, my, my job here is done because he, oh. he could relate to it. And he said that I could, I, I was so, I was so happy and I had 
I was like, okay, I will be accepted in the world and I will be accepted by myself. So, so I think uh, that is very important to share our stories. Um, if someone says anything, that's okay. Like, um, I know many of my friends, they told me that, oh, you are putting it out. It will become a problem. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Because I, I feel, so. it, yeah, it's very important uh, for the people who went through it to see that there is definitely the light. Same exact thing for mm -hmm. me. Again, I tell a story that, again, mm -hmm. it's not the kind of stuff that we talk about. And people who know me, mm -hmm. I don't tell my story. Right? I've yeah. never told my story. I've been telling everybody mm -hmm. else's story. But it's so important to give other people not only hope, but clarity. There mm -hmm. are solutions. And if you can do it, basically, if one can do it, someone else can. Miss Claudia, I'm so glad to have you <laughs> join us for the last four minutes. Are you ready to give us? We're going to do it like a rapid fire introduction. So first, tell us who you are, where you located. Tell us the name of your story and what does Ignite Happiness mean? What, what did you want people to learn from your story? And you got literally three minutes. Go. <laughs> hey, my name is Claudia Perez. The story is called Forgiveness to Happiness. Uh, I'm an attorney. I studied in France and in Colombia. I'm a U.S. and Colombian citizen. And in three words, the I'm sorry. First of all, I was in a motorcycle, so I couldn't put video. I just got off the motorcycle. Oh, good. Uh, I did hear a couple of things that were very interesting while I was driving with the sound of the motorcycle. And it's the confirmation that for everybody, happiness can be either a different path, different actions, or different simply, you know, life journeys. What I do know is that each, even though we all have different journeys, one thing is a common denominator, and that is that we should not live our lives based on what others think happiness should be or what other things our life should be we should definitely live our lives in a very instinctive natural organic way what feels good to us either if it's work-wise um relationships not only relationships with our partner but with friends is what really gives us the answer to what is it that feels good to us if something doesn't feel good then just don't do it don't be there don't be with that person don't work in that job try to figure out a way where you feel organically zen and i've obviously had i was a, i was a i studied in france i got married blah 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 i left my dream job and i started you know working in things that really didn't i didn't like i would change right. i love it and whenever I felt good, that's what gave me the answer. Wow, I love that. I love that. Claudia, I am so glad you got to join us, even though it was just for the last minute of our show. We are the Ignite Happiness Authors. Our book officially launches on August 28th. Say yay, ladies! <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna invite these ladies back August 28th, next Sunday, for more Ignite Happiness. This is Tracy, it's bigger than me. <laughs>